It's now time for Team Talk on ESPN Radio 1017 The Team, your New Mexico Broadcasters Association Radio Station of the Year. Now, Team Talk on ESPN Radio 1017 The Team. Love what they're talking about. The energy in the program's really, really good. And that's kind of the objective in year one. And, and I really think we're at a, a good spot there. Um, now we're back at home. I understand all the elements that our fans deal with through not knowing who we're playing half the time, uh, vaccine mandates, masks, I get it all. Um, but every kid in that locker room chose to play at New Mexico to play in front of these unbelievable fans and, and to play at the pit. Well, there you go. That's Coach Richard Patino earlier today. I'm Joe O'Neill. That's Sam Hauser across the glass. Uh, this is Team Talk, ESPN Radio 1017, the team. Scott Galetti going to join us for the last two hours of the show. Uh, Scott will be calling high school hoops on Thursday night, El Dorado at West Mesa. We look forward to carrying that game, 7 o'clock the tip. Uh, Scott Galetti and the coach, Doug Dorme. Uh, an unbelievable weekend of NFL, uh, Sam. And I know there's going to be a lot of NFL talk on the program. That's why, like, middle of last week, I was like, uh, no doubt in the very top of the list when it comes to the best weekends of the year for a sports fan. Um, yeah, you saw that coming. I did. I totally saw it coming. Now, would I have ever dreamed the games would have gone, like, one after another after another and, then like, what people are calling maybe the greatest football game they'd ever seen to end it all. Uh, I didn't expect that, but um, I did expect some good games and uh, you know, things are set for next week and uh, we haven't been disappointed. Let's just put it that way. All right. But before we get to that, uh, let's go back to coach Richard Patino and the Lobo men's basketball team. Again, we're going to talk plenty of NFL Um, Lobos uh, go into Laramie and, and this time they were double-digit underdogs, just like they were the previous game against Colorado State and Fort Collins. And my goodness, uh, New Mexico uh, loses the game 93-91. And I'm going to just say this, Sam. I mean, that was as fun of a Lobo game as I can remember. Um I mean, they went really nose-to-nose with a very good team. Down seven, the Lobos were at the half. A couple of times during the game, they were in that kind of dangerous zone for you know for things getting away. But time and time again, guys would hit big shots. And it's just so um, nice to see that House and Mashburn are getting some help. And they're getting a lot of help in uh, the form of Javante Johnson. Uh, KJ still is staying hot. And then Jay Allen Tovar now add him to the mix. I really feel like we're going to be able to split this season in half once we look back on it with the non-conference and the beginning, the initiation into Mountain West play. And then really what's happening right now is if this is the new standard versus, you know, UNLV being the standard at the beginning, you know, earlier on in conference play, if this is the standard the rest of the way, it's at least going to keep Lobo fans interested for a little while. Now, look, ultimately they do have to start winning some games. Yeah. But given where we were a couple of weeks ago, you know, what? Uh, so Colorado State was kind of the 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 tipping point of okay is the rest of the year going to be like this or was this just a one game anomaly to go on that trip and play that way in any scenario regardless of of how this team looks i th- i think if you look at the scores and you look at the way they got there 
you don't want to go 0-2, but when a road trip has a name attached to it, like this one does with Colorado State and Wyoming, you know, you get a little bit of leeway with it, and more importantly than anything, this is just a fun team right now. They're they're feeling themselves, and you saw it with Mashburn had a couple of dunks. The guy that I've, you know, certainly, I, you know, I, Jay Allen Tovar is somebody that I've had my eye on from day one, but it, as we've kind of talked about him in a certain way all season, you can really tell with every passing game. You can you can see it on the TV. You can feel the confidence growing from Sebastian. Like he's really getting a feel for for what he has to do. Like I don't think a lot of people understand with a guy like Sebastian. Yeah, he played pro ball overseas. So you're thinking, you know, he should be better than everybody else. But for somebody in his spot. He has to use his body in a completely different way that he really didn't have to that much. And now with every passing game, he's he he's you he's can see better. Yeah, he's, he's clicking. He he is, but but uh you know actually But it just speaks to the whole team. Yeah, he no, he's he's one part of the ingredients that uh, like are gelling very nicely, at least these last two games. I mean, they play tomorrow night, seven o'clock. We're the game sponsor against Fresno. You heard Coach Patino at the open there talking about how important it is for uh there to be uh some element of crowd influence. Uh, I think well, you know, come everybody out and see Scott was Gilletti, shocked. If nothing else, uh, excuse me. Come out and see Scott. If nothing else, well, yeah, yeah, exactly. And that should get a couple of thousand more people than they would have normally had. But no, um, you know, people talked about what was going on in in Boise, and uh, I mean, th- these restrictions are what they are, uh, and. I, I thought such a, a large percentage of the population do have their vax cards. Um, and, you know, this team, uh, as he mentioned, you know, the, the part of the reason you come here, and even Coach Bradbury talks about it with the women, you know, like, what what, what do you tell them to get them to come here because you guys play fast or, you know, you like to put up a lot of shots and threes or whatever. And he's like, no, it starts and ends with the fan base and then everything else comes in after that. So, uh, you know, just um, if, the, if Coach Richard Patino uh, needed the fans uh, at any time. It's like now. Uh, and what they've done the last two games, I think, uh, looks really good on the report card. I give them A performances in the last two games, quite frankly, all things considered. It would have been an A-plus had they won either of the two games. So uh, anyway, uh, I just give, again, I'm giving a lot of credit to Richard Patino because um, I see that roster. I see that the team has been changed up so much in the last three or four weeks, yet they go out there and compete against the two highest net ranking teams, I believe, in the league. Oh, I know yeah. Wyoming is. Well, Wyoming certainly is. And, and, you know, and that's one of the other interesting caveats is you know, we've mentioned a couple of times Lobo's preseason pick to finish eighth. They were actually tied with Wyoming, but... Going into that game, Wyoming had the best net ranking in the conference and the best margin of victory in the conference at 13.5 points. So anybody going in there that can win a game by two, you know, again, I, I know we're playing uh, we're, we're playing fast and loose with, with moral victory. But no, you have to be more confident right now in this team than, than at any other point in the season. Yeah, I, I guess. I, I guess if you're just looking at the way they played, um, from a personnel standpoint, I still, you know, continue to have my doubts. But I, again, that's why I credit Coach Richard Patino and the staff. Uh, you know what he's doing? He is he's showing the value of guys buying out. He talked about that earlier today. Yeah, I think earlier in the year you saw. Bad body language from certain guys that we really tried hard to address, um, and again, that's 
that's the most important thing right now. Uh, when you're putting together a roster and you have nine new guys, and you know you have you want to have veterans, veteran leadership from the old team, but they've been through a lot. They're trying to figure it out, so it takes time. But I think you can tell now that there's a buy-in. Um, and I think maybe that UNLV game uh, certainly woke guys up a little bit. I mean, I've told them over and over again, like nobody is holding you against your will to be here. This is a privilege to play here. Um, and either you're in or you're out. And uh, sometimes those are tough conversations and tough decisions. But uh, it seems like we're headed in the right direction. Well, there you go. I mean, uh, Coach Richard Patino basically um, saying how uh, it just seems like, you know, he mentioned body language uh, a couple of times over the course of the last two weeks. And uh, there's no doubt those are the things that, that coaches generally look for. Uh, and, um, you know, the uh, the way that the, the guys are, are creating shots uh, for one another, um, he, it's, there's far less... Uh, individual one-on-one type of situations in order to get buckets uh here's what he had to say with regard to guys trying to create shots for other uh rather than shots for themselves i just want good shots i i I want our guys to be out there finding other shots um i don't want them trying to create on their own you know we've had some really good moments this year where we've scored a lot of points and we've had some moments where we've looked bad, and I think the moments we've looked bad is we try to do it on our own. Um, find other guys' shots, you know, catch and shoot threes are good shots. Dribbling through your legs nine times and then shoot a three is not a good shot. Uh, getting to the rim is a good shot. Getting to the foul line, which we've not done the last two games, is a great shot. Um, so I don't know. I mean, just play the right way, take what the defense gives you. Well, they did, and um, Jay Allen Tovar, uh, 25 points in the game. He also grabbed six rebounds. And uh, now that you see he's getting this time, I mean, I said if he stays out of foul trouble, he's, you know, 24 to 28 minutes a game, Sam. He's at 38 minutes in that game against Wyoming. Um, And he stayed out of foul trouble. Uh, He only had um, three fouls throughout the game. He got the playing time. All right. Uh, Vincent wants to talk some Lobos. Go ahead, Vincent. What's on your mind, man? Well, I mean, you know, the Lobos uh, now... Uh, on that road trip, it's pretty much just uh, Patino's letting them loose. Let's just go, boys. We're just going to fling it up. Uh, and they, and actually, they they have some talent, uh, but they're not going anywhere in terms of uh, the Mountain West or anywhere besides that. But I mean, the whole idea—he just there's no defense with Richard Patino's uh, plan. Uh, they and I, I read a thing from the Colorado State perspective, and they said, "Oh man, this this Lobo team is very dangerous, very dangerous because you don't know what they're going to do because there's a bunch of guys just you know throwing up threes and doing whatever, and you know it's it's hard to prepare for. But I mean, let's be honest. This is I hope this is just a one year stopgap for Patino." I mean, he better get some players. That can Did, play let me just—I—I—I I, gotta, you know, just try to get an understanding, uh, Vincent. What were your uh, and everything you're saying is completely fair, uh, you know. Um, now, what, what were your um, what what were your expectations for for this team this season? Well, the Lobos should never be uh, more 
less than seventh in the conference. Okay, and they were eighth. One, well, okay, a preseason pick. I, I got you. No, I, and this is because preseason picks. Preseason picks mean nothing to me. Okay, I mean it's what Richard Pitino, and I'm not saying he's being doing a bad job. No, I, I didn't I'm see here. No, I know. I'm just stating the obvious that. Uh, of course, we're going to have to get through this year. Um, you know, I mean, but let's, you know, after eight years of just uh, wasteland of call, of Lobo basketball, and it's been that with Neil and, uh, you know, the goofball from Las Cruces. I mean, come on, you know. Well. I I, uh, I I I can't argue uh, that they've had some struggles uh, the last few years, Vincent. I appreciate the call. Um, yeah, and it's just uh, I I just think whatever your expectations were going into the year, uh, and then with the loss of Muscadin and Emmanuel Quach, I uh, I mean that even has to be tempered. So um, well, yeah. let me let me ask you, uh, Joe. Did you have expectations? Because I had a really hard time pinpointing any kind of expectations going into the season I, I and I you know before they started playing a great question and I should have like prefaced it with Vincent like this is you know after they uh were six or eight games into the season what were your expectations and quite honestly um at that point with that personnel I actually had expectations for this team uh to be right around where they were picked maybe a hair uh better um but no more than that um and then with the loss of these key guys i'm now you know saying hey you know let's face it the only way they're going to get into the ncaa tournament or you know any is is by winning the mountain west tournament so these games here in the middle of between now and then sure would you like to see him win but uh at the same time, like you're watching them play 40 minutes against two pretty good teams on the road, and I think that there is some uh, credit that needs to be d- oh, given, sure. given. That's that's kind of the way I look at it. Um, yeah, uh, you know, it's it is the way it is. All right. Well, one of the uh, the things, and I, I mean, we're kind of skipping around here, but I want to get to it before uh, was um, you know we asked uh, Coach Richard Patino the whole deal uh, after having a few days to digest uh, the call against Mashburn and the technical foul. Here's what here's what Richard Patino had to say about that. For one, I don't like the call in general, not the call in that game. I think we would be, you don't see it a lot in the NBA, but you see it way more in college. Um, I, I think that we're trying to move away from making that call. I think colleges, uh, I saw it in the Big Ten. They, Wisconsin would do it a lot, and they would just give them blocks all the time. That primary defender charge, I just don't like it. So it's not. It's not that I thought it was some horrendous call that cost us the game, where I was really frustrated, uh, because it could go either way, it really could, and I was frustrated with, I didn't deserve a technical, I really felt that, I, I, I coached for 10 years, I haven't gotten a lot of technicals, um, I was really upset about that, I didn't think it was right, um, and I thought there was a little indecision when the call was made. Um, if you say it's a charge, there's a lot of refs that may say it's a charge. And okay, I get it. Uh, it was just the way it all went down that really, really frustrated me. Um, it's not why we lost the game. I, I don't believe that. Um, you know, we never try to put the game in the refs' hands. I mean, who knows? If they call it a block, who knows if we make the free throws? 
they were shooting 72% in the second half, they'd probably go down and score, you know, so um, I, I, I wasn't happy with the technical. I, I don't felt I deserved that. That's where I was really, really mad. Uh, well, there you go. And um, I think that uh, what, what Richard was upset about is he, he is not a guy that whines a whole lot during the game. I mean, you, you watch him, and I'm sure he's communicating with the refs, but he's not one of these guys that's constantly on the refs, okay? And when you have a situation like that and a call goes against you, I think his point is, you know, he's going to react like that, and, and the referees should understand that. And, uh, you know, the whole thing, the impact of the team, these, uh, I mean, what the guy made one of two of the technical fouls or whatever. But um, yeah, I think uh, that uh, the reason he was really upset there at the tail end of that was that he uh, he didn't, you know, he, uh, that, that he thought the T uh, was was out of line. It could have it could have gone on without the T. Now let's talk about the judgment though. There, he he's saying, you know, you you don't see the call in the NBA, and they're trying to scale it back in college. What he's talking about there is Wisconsin had this innate ability to be continually driving the ball to the lane on you, right? And and they almost made an offense of trying to get you to make contact with them and get them free throws. And 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 it's not good for the flow of the game. And that's kind of what he was saying is that, you know, that kind of call is is one of those type of things that happen quite often when guys are driving the lane, whether it's Mashburn or anybody in any game. Uh, and you know, like uh, the exaggeration on the contact uh, also kind of falls into the the whole flop category. So uh, anyway, um, it, it, you know, I, one thing about Richard Pitino, uh, you know, he was also asked about how you know why were they getting to the line earlier in the year and now not much, and he said Lobo fans are not going to like this, but I don't think it has anything to do uh, with you know the referees. Uh, you know, he's he 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 you know he's been outshot at the line by about you know 40 attempts in the last uh two day games but uh he wasn't blaming that all right uh we're taking your calls at 994-1017-994-1017 mud what's going on what'd you think about everything man hey man uh yeah i was watching the game man and i thought that that was a awful call uh coach patino was right about that um you know that uh for the Lobos moving forward, I know that they need a big guy in in uh, in the in the middle there. Uh, I didn't think that. Uh, I thought that uh, uh, Jordan Arroyo did real good, man. I think that if he puts him at the four and put four uh, forcing in uh, in there with him, I think that there'll be a force in the middle, man. I mean, they they don't really need that much offense down low. But to play defense, man, I, he played pretty good, man. It, it, no no doubt, it. no doubt about it. And um, there's value, uh, Mud. Uh, you know, being around the program as long as Jordan Arroyo has, and uh, you know, we were talking about Forsling's uh, minutes. You know, played you know 12 minutes and was. Uh, you know, solid in what he needed to do, but um, the guy that kind of picked up his minutes was Jordan Arroyo, who almost played uh, 11 minutes. So if there was ever an opportunity with the situation where the Lobos are in the post for Jordan Arroyo, now is the time from the former Atrisco Heritage Jaguar. It could be uh, his time here as the season unfolds. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Much more to come here on Team Talk uh, ESPN Radio 1017, The Team.